and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we bring you two awesome indie game news stories before, of course, we hop into news cram, talk about a bunch of new stuff, some new deals and quick to you, this is quick steals, because I quick can't what? even speak the quick. words I say every week, quick. and all sorts of other shit. We're going to hop over to God Bless the Crowd to check out a roguelike game that's uh it's like a nice little cultish simulator that one will be interesting and of course answer your listener questions but before we get into any of that i would like to introduce myself von hyde alongside my illustrious co-host the biggest of average just boys how you doing today big just boy i'm doing well i also just remembered i need to do something for my video so if it gets blurry in a second you know just uh, bear with me, I guess. Yeah, I did forget to tell you about that. The, yeah. you, like, you want to take off the autofocus thing? Honestly, I just don't even give a shit about it anymore. It's, it's so like It's frustrating. so annoying. It's so it's... frustrating. Like, the reason why this is frustrating to me is because OBS, every time I open it, like, open it, they're like, oh, do you want to apply this setting? And I'm like, yes, I want to apply this. And every time you mm-hmm. open it, it's like, it has this default. And I'm like, no, why would I apply this setting if I want you to just change it the next time, I I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe yeah, I'm doing something it's all annoying. Dude, Whatever. let's be honest. Like, software is not built to be used. It's just built to exist. It's so fucking annoying. Like, there's so many pieces of software that I'm like, why are you the way you are? Why, why are you doing this to me? I don't get it. It's tough. It's so fucking annoying. What are you going to do? You know but anyway, I'm doing well. How are you? Ah, dude, I'm good. Like, speaking of OBS, like, I realized something in the past few weeks that I just, I, I, I can't get out of my head. And then it's like, you know, there's, there's like a theory that when you look in a mirror, you actually see somebody, like, you see yourself more attractive than what you actually are. Like, your hmm. brain kind of messes with you. And, uh, I'm not sure if it's proven or anything, but every now and then I look into the mirror and I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of a cute boy. Like I get why my wife's with me, whatever. Like, it's fine. Um, I got that juicy ass. Like it's cool. And then like when the second I get on the podcast, I just look at myself in the little reflection thing and I'm like, man, my head is fucking huge, dude. It's gigantic. (laughs) I, uh, I mean, I guess it's the same appeal or or not in, in that regard. The the same concept as you listen to your voice for the first time and you're like, oh, who yeah. the fuck is that? And you're just so like, it's such a weird uh, manipulated version of what you hear. Like maybe it's kind of the same thing of you yeah. see yourself in a certain way. And then when it's filmed or like very set in stone, you're like, is that really what I look like? I don't know. Yeah, right. That that's it's, who it, I envision myself as. Like every time we we like record and everything and I edit it together, I'm like, man, like psh, I'm an ugly boy. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I kind of get the same like the same vibe from it. Like I've never. Nah, you're a cute boy. Show your mouth. I'll kiss you. You better I mean, watch out, big boy. I mean, I, we said it before. Uh, I told my niece, we're, we're lovers now. It just yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, we're heterosexual life mates. It's just See, what it's all it about. Is. Dude, oh. yeah, there's the old It's a Banger t-shirt from Parallax. Yeah. I love it. I honestly, like, it. I totally forgot about most of that merch. Like, I, I forgot about the ghost formerly known as Von Hyde thing. Yeah. I totally forgot about that until somebody brought it up in my stream last night. And yeah, I was like, Will. oh, it was Will. And I was Will. like, wait, holy shit, that was a thing. Where it was like, I was dead. I was a ghost. Until they put uh, Hollow Knight out on consoles. 
I think, yeah, I, I forgot even why we mentioned that. <laughs> I was like, what brought him back? I think someone asked me that the other day and I was like, I don't fucking know. I barely remember half of like the first half of our episodes or I barely even remember what we talked about the last episode. Oh, so, yeah. No, it became a bit because there was a Hollow Knight port coming to consoles, specifically, I believe the PlayStation 4, and then it got canceled and I was like, I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah, I will okay. now okay. I will now be known as the ghost formerly known as Von Hyde. And then when it finally came to PlayStation 4, I was reborn as Von Hyde once again, like a phoenix from the ashes. And I, I totally, it's... I fucking forgot about it until last night. And I was like, oh my God, that was a thing. Oh, it's so fucking crazy. stupid. I, th I think it's crazy. Like, honestly, that anyone would listen to us early game uh, oh, yeah. in this, like, we were so our quality was much worse our like the way we connected was much much less because we didn't know each other so we were still trying to like feel out what conversation was going to look like um i didn't even know what you looked like for yeah like two years into the podcast <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of weird, like, not knowing what somebody really looks like. Because I use, like, a cartoon picture for a lot of my stuff when I initially did it. Yeah. I had, like, a friend of mine, Hannah, make, like, me an icon that was just a cartoon. And I I, uh, I should just say, if I have that anywhere, I try to, like, make sure I put it on there and credit her. But her name is, uh, well, obviously her name is Hannah, but she's at Hannah V on Twitter. Check her out. She's a really awesome artist, and she's got great prices. But... Um, yeah, I had that on a bunch of stuff and then like I knew what you looked like because you f became a you uh, added me as a friend on Facebook or something like that or you were attached to the Parallax Media Facebook Maybe. and I like I was like I'm gonna fucking cyberstalk Josh and I looked yeah. at a bunch of your pictures. I was gonna say I don't know because you mentioned that a while back you uh, I, it was like uh, 20 or so episodes ago it doesn't fucking matter but like you mentioned something about not remember like not knowing me until you saw my Facebook pictures and i was so confused because i was like where <laughs> connected on facebook and I, yeah. I had to look it up and i was like we are i was like when did this happen because i never use my facebook so i was just like i was like how did how did this occur <laughs> like, i was I, very yeah, confused i don't get it either it's all fucking weird it's it's all so weird life is just you know it's it's fucking dumb it just doesn't make any sense i don't get it but speaking of let's get into our housekeeping of course check out our developer interview this week it's uh i don't know how to say this name it's adham jabber maybe jabber i don't know i don't I, I don't fucking know how to say it their game is called headworms the developer interviews of course go live one day after this for patrons two days before for plebs so that is every wednesday we have our developer interviews this one um i actually knew nothing about this game i had no idea what it is but i checked out the steam page it's it's about like anxiety it's it's very interesting i'm yeah i'm actually it's... really i'm looking forward to the uh developer interview and last week of course we had snoozy kazoo the developers behind uh turnip boy commits tax evasion so make sure you check out all of these developer interviews going live each and every wednesday if also you, yeah before we go yeah. if you uh are a fan of amnesia the game uh not the the actual status the actual yeah the, <laughs> like the, the, the 
social disorder, yeah. whatever, psychological disorder. Psycholog- if you're a fan of just forgetting everything in your life, uh, you should check out uh, Headworms. Check out really, Headworms. It'll get you there. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people compare it to to amnesia, so uh, I okay. would definitely recommend checking it out. From uh, if you're a fan of you know horror or uh, a fan of that game specifically. All right, sweet. Speaking of, if you're a fan of things, make sure to head over to the Indie Pod store over on Teespring to pick up T-shirts and stickers. Uh, we will soon have new stuff on there. After like next month, we'll have enough to commission some uh, some designs. And I actually got control of our PayPal back. So yeah, yeah, we good did for it. Me. We I, have, I got it back. Don't you worry. <laughs> we have the uh, the locked pit of money that was just <laughs> sitting in front of us. <laughs> Uh, please head over to our YouTube channel. It is IndiePod to watch these episodes. Check out Josh's awesome reviews of Everhood and Omori. Check those out. They're awesome. Head over there, subscribe, like the videos and such. If you're watching this there, please do so. I don't know. Click the bell icon. I don't even know if that thing exists anymore, but whatever. Just fucking do it if it does and it'll give you notifications of when our videos go live and such soon to be changed to the pod not but i have yet to do so so just it's at indie pod as of the time of this recording uh lee please leave us reviews on i don't know why i just said lee <laughs> lee! I was like, lee is someone named lee if lee. you are please leave us a review <laughs> Yeah, uh, please leave us a review on any sort of platform, specifically iTunes, because it'll help us out supposedly with the algorithm. I still yeah. uh, do not know if that's true. You know, I don't know, whatever but we me. will uh, we'll read it if you uh, you know, depending on how wacky it is, you might get an interesting shout out. So I, I do it. I often forget to check. Because like we, it's pretty sparse on we, when we get we, reviews. Yeah, we don't. So we don't I just get totally reviews. forget about it. So I, I, but I will start checking so we can do it. So make sure to leave us reviews over on iTunes. And thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the three dollar tier or higher. We have Will C, Mixamatosis, aka Mix. Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, the Wombat Ember of Australia, Chris Penwell, always drinking tea so much so that he has to write in about it, Josh Nichols, aka Active Josh, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much for being patrons. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. And let's talk about some of the indie games we are playing. Big Josh Boy, you are playing Loop Hero by Four Quarters. Tell me about it. Tell me why you're loving it and why a half a million people have also purchased this game. Because this game's good. It's just good. This is... Okay. So my favorite quote of this, and I forget where uh, I heard of it, but it's someone wrote an article, and I really loved the the headline tag of this, and it's, Loop Hero is about not the, the, uh, the hero, the plight of the hero, and you controlling them, but it's you controlling the chaos of the world around them. And I love this idea because it's essentially what you're doing. Loop Hero is a idle game. It is very much a, you don't really do much as far as the combat or your actions as the hero. You're literally in a, just a grid. That is, you could think of it as a box. Usually it's got a little bit of edges to it and whatnot. doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. it's it's you going in a square type uh, object trajectory. And you're just going in a big loop around that, that space. And as you're doing that, there will be monsters that are on this loop and your character will fight them and they'll just go into combat and they'll pick a random enemy. You know, if there's multiple ones, they'll pick a random one and they'll attack. The enemies will attack you. Basic tropes of like having health, having damage, having defense, whatever. 
So you're not controlling any of that. What you are controlling, though, is as you are fighting these random enemies, you start off very basic. Every time you go into a run, it is clean slate. Everything is the same. Uh, there's a few little minor things, but that doesn't matter. Like there's, you know, the difference of roguelike, roguelite of slight progression changes. But for the yeah. most part, you always start the same. You're just a character with nothing. You're basic level. You just go in, you fight some baddies. But every time you fight them, you then get random either equipment or cards. And uh, the cards, a lot of people see, you know, card games and they, they get turned off because they're like, oh, I don't like card games. Like the one thing I would think about this with is... But not you, dude. Not, not you. me. You're not just, me. I yeah, fucking... you're just I, the card games. The minute you're like, so you got card game mechanics? <laughs> you said there's cards in this game? You said there's cards in this game? Are you, are you speaking my language? <laughs> um, and so... So if, if the card game mechanics isn't your thing, um, I would reconsider it because it's it's very light into this play. What it means is you have a deck of either seven to 12 cards and each one of these cards you're basically choosing before you ever go on a run. And what those cards represent is you'll randomly be given a few cards of that type, that seven to 12, whatever it is. You can have as many of those types uh, as as you play through. It doesn't just equate to one card per, you know, that specific like you can have multiple of the same card i don't know why that took me so long to to think of the words to get that out but anyway so those equate to different things that you place on that that grid that square you know object right so you'll mm -hmm. get either like a vampire mansion or a spider cocoon or a a forest or a mountain and you get to place them all throughout that little map that you have based on that you'll either then start creating monsters in the world or you'll create a different things like with the mountains you get two additional health or five additional health for each one that's placed and each one it's next to but the interesting thing is there's like a pro con to each of these like you're adding more you know uh, viciousness to the world or more dangers to the world so if you create a mountain and you put too many together then harpies show up because oh, they're at the cool. they're at the top of that mountain peak, and so then every spawn every day, which there's like a little countdown of days in between the game, as well as those loops that you're going on, more monsters will spawn and things will will change. There's a number of different metrics that you you go into or mechanics that you go into based on that day progression, which is really cool because it's it's as you're placing these things and as you're defeating more monsters, you're then creating more tiles for more monsters to spawn and they're getting stronger and it's constantly replaying and replaying and you're just going through that loop and getting different items getting different resources and the whole reason for this the background of this game is that you are this hero who has suddenly gone into this world and this evil like being this lich type monster has f cast the world into darkness and into this repetitive loop where people are just playing out the same thing and they're losing their memories in between this they don't know what's happening they're kind of trying to make sense of the world around them and it's like some Groundhog Day shit. Kind like of, Palm yeah. Springs, but instead they, they have to give away their memories. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So you're then outside of these, these loops, this play, each time you come back and you're building a town. And you're trying to, uh, with the resources that you collected, build, you know, uh, uh, these farms or these uh, these ranches or whatever you you might have, you know, like uh, different areas where you'll have like a blacksmith or something like that. And each of those, as you build, will create either a new class for you to play. So there's three different classes. There's a, a oh. warrior, there's a rogue, and there's a necromancer, um, all with their own unique abilities. And then you also have things like different cards or locations that you'll uh, unlock. So, you know, as you keep playing, as you beat 
different uh versions because there's acts in this game there's four different acts and as you beat those things will get harder and and there will be more mechanics added and new cards that you unlock as well as anytime you are unlocking these different uh buildings in your town you then have the ability to get these new cards which just equate to new things that you can put on the map new dangers new uh abilities like there's a a specific like storm castle i can't remember what it's called exactly but it's like you place it and anywhere in a line if it's on that quadrant in that space it'll just lightning will strike random enemies as well as you like it's like two random targets will get hit and so it's it's very you have to use different cards or different types of tiles with those characters that you play and find out you know like what's best how do i level this character what perks do i choose and each time it's the same thing but very much different because the items you get are very randomized and it's just a perfect like podcast game it is yeah. very much like I love this game because I have a lot of things that I do just in, you know, when I like play games at the end of the day and I still have things that I want to complete. Like the the developer interviews I do, this is a perfect game where I listen to the developer interviews while I'm editing and also play this on the side because it's very much a kind of sit there and let it do its thing. And then every so often you like change your gear or you'll place different cards down. And there's like a planning phase and an adventure phase where you can just have it constantly walking or you just right click and it's like, oh, you're in planning phase and everything stops. And then you can build things and do what you want. So if, you know, you're listening to a podcast and then or doing something and then you're like, oh, I need to focus on this. You just click into planning phase and then go and, you know, go back and forth. So like, I love it as, as far as that goes. But even still, like it's still a game where it's very much a, you can kind of have, like pay attention or you could just be fully invested and like watch as you're doing it i don't know the music is great the visuals to it are really great i love the idea of this being thrown into this world and like trying to recollect memories um and it's very grindy um i can see that this would be probably something that i could sink a good amount of time into because it can be hard as you get into those later acts um, and understanding like the different characters takes time and whatnot and and building those those outside towns obviously is going to take a lot because of the resources you have to collect um but i've i've enjoyed it a lot even with only putting in like five or six hours so far it's definitely one that i think i will keep with just because it is very much that podcast game so it's it's Mm -hmm. a game that i can play kind of half what like i love watching streams and also playing this game at the same time, very much so, because it's just like I get to go back and forth. It's not something that I need to be fully invested in. Um, yeah, which, you don't have to pay 100% of attention. You can yeah. give like 40% attention, just pop in every now and then. Yeah, which might not be for everyone, um, but I, I think like obviously it's been shown that a lot of people seem to enjoy this or at least they're buying it so like i don't know that it's yeah. that they enjoy it but like a lot of people are giving it a chance and i think they'll they'll enjoy it from what i've heard uh, of others talk about it uh, you know they seem to be into it i think it's definitely if you're into like you know the roguelike idea it takes a lot of elements from different genres of games and uses a lot of very good pieces of them to build this kind of idle game that's not really idle okay um, when you get through these acts, do you like, okay, what is the fail state of the game? I'm assuming your character yeah. can die, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point. Um, you're going through this loop and at any time you can retreat back to your your camp. Now, okay. uh, there's a difference because if you're on the map and you're not near your campfire where you just started, and this is a big thing that a lot of people screw up with, um, you can leave and take 100% of your resources back 
but only if you get back to the start of the loop and leave at that point. If you leave at any other point, 60% of resources. Um, and most the only reason I'm saying oh. that is because I've heard multiple people on like podcasts get it wrong. And also a buddy of mine who was playing said the same thing of like, oh, what's the point of, you know, uh, leaving getting at any time. all the way back to your campfire if you could just right. leave whenever yeah whenever and i'm like well because you get more resources kind of a thing yeah but okay. it's 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 very much so that that idea of like if you can't make it because you look at your character and you're like i'm at 100 health and there's a ton of people who are going to hit me for about that much and like i'm not going to make it you can leave and take that 60 percent because if you die you only get to take 33 percent of your resources back so it's, oh, so it's you, like a value proposition. It's a va like, yeah, it's very much. Can I make it? OK, I can't. I'm going to just leave and, you know, cut my losses. Right. OK, but the, that's the, pretty cool. The state of the game, the reason you're doing this loop is you're constantly placing items. And what another mechanic that people get wrong is they think, oh, you just keep going on loops and then eventually a boss shows. It's not the case at all. There is a little indicator in the left hand side of your game that shows a green bar ticking up to a certain point where uh, you have a boss indicator. And what it means is as you're placing things on the map, that will grow. And if you have a number of items that are in that world, then the boss appears. And the, the, okay. the notion behind it, I think, is basically that you're building the town back to uh, you know a, a full state or that world back to a full state where the, the enemy is then summoned to try and go through that loop of resetting everything, right? That's really cool. So you said this has like acts. If if let's say I get through act one or act two, then I die. Do I have to do them both again? No, no, you can you oh, can okay. re and I love this because very much it is a grindy game, but I have gotten act two unlocked, but it is at a point where I don't feel ready uh, to play it just because I don't understand like what's the best thing to do in the game yet or, you know, how to build up my character to make sure that they're the best that they can be because there's different um, stats and things specific to a character and I'm still like in that learning phase and trying to get good. So I'm, I've just been redoing act one a bunch because I just want mm -hmm. to. But at any point I can switch over to either of those acts with either character that I've unlocked. Okay, that's really nice. Cause I was I was kind of worried that like me, of course, I'm more of the fan of like the rogue light than rogue like. So once I finish something, I don't want to have to do it all over again. Yeah. So no. I I like that if you get through Act One, you don't have to consistently do it if you don't want to. Yeah, you just ultimately to go to you ultimately will. And like I said, fighting the boss, you'll you'll be able to fight them over and over again in Act One, Act Two, where whatever act you're in. But like, mm -hmm. ultimately you'll redo it, but you don't have to fight the boss. You could play it, get to a certain point because of that bar that I mentioned of like placing so many items on the map will summon them. Just stop placing things and just let that loop keep going and then just keep putting new gear on your character to make them stronger and to be able to fight in that loop. And then when you're ready, be like, okay, I've gotten enough resources because there is a cap. You can only get so many resources in a run. And then you say like, okay, I'm going to retreat, go back to my camp and do it again kind of a thing that's cool i i honestly i'm kind of blown away by how cool loop hero looks like i really really enjoy so much of this game and honestly like when initially looking at it when it was first shown during the game awards i was not into it i was like this doesn't seem like my kind of game like i i'm not into like the strategy roguelike stuff but now having you explain it to me and hearing about this game, it sounds so cool. I do want to ask you about like the different classes. Have you unlocked all of them? Is it yeah. like a difficult thing to do? No, not at all. So it's it's okay. very much just a resources thing. So you collect okay. resources and you buy a new 
piece of of a town and based on those pieces and it'll it'll give you an indicator of like unlocks x class and so i've unlocked the other two classes which are the rogue and the necromancer and it's really just play the game and eventually you'll have resources to do it okay that's really cool i i did want to ask like i'm assuming the big changes between like okay so what are the changes between these characters i i would assume no. the way that you interact with them the big change would be that their damage and stuff scales based on different statistics so you use different types of gear but other than that what exactly is the difference between them and why would you want to play a different character yeah so i'll go through you this don't actually have like combat or anything yeah I'll, I'll try to go through this a little bit quick because i i don't want to say uh for sure xyz because i'm also okay. like as acts grow new mechanics are added so there might be things oh, that are different okay. but right now as far as act one and act two what happens is you each character has their own specifics like their stats and and whatnot the necromancer is like totally different but like thinking of like the warrior and the the assassin the rogue you have locked off items so there's different uh that gear that you can place on right so with the warrior you can place a sword you can place a shield you can place uh armor and shoes but with the assassin you can't place a shield and instead you have two weapons so you do more okay. damage but you're less tanky right and so you play into that and you also have different, as you're playing each one of these loops, you will unlock in your overworld town a specific area that lets you then start leveling characters with experience and giving like a, a, a skill point or a perk that you get to choose. And they all have their own special unique perks that you can uh, use to make your build a little bit different. Um, so like with that, it's more... Uh, the rogue is just stronger and it is more likely to, to go into a crit build, uh, whereas the warrior is more of like tanky, health regen, vampirism, which is like lifesteal. Um, and then you have the necromancer, who is totally different, can only put on the, like a necklace, two rings, and a uh, like a spell book he basically has instead of Yeah, typically their... like sorcerers, magic characters, they can't really... Like yeah. they can't even put on like medium armor kind of a thing. Right. So very much a, a, a glass cannon type of approach. But you're mm -hmm. also constantly like every time you start, you summon zombies or skeleton warriors. That's cool. And so each one of those phases of combat is you, your character just summoning things instead. And so you're, you're, you use this magic HP, which is like a totally different thing, which is like a giant shield at the start of each battle. And that's your HP that doesn't like regen based on normal regen factors. But then you also yeah, have like temporary hit points right. in D&D. And it re restarts up every every combat, but you have that, and then you also have skeleton uh, the level, which is how strong your skeletons are, and then you have quality, which is a more likely chance that you will get a rare type of skeleton. So you have like the normal, just like I'm a skull and bones with a sword, but then you also have like an assassin type, you have a, a tank type, you have that's cool. I think there was another type I can't remember right off the top of my head, but like the quality is based on how likely you are to get a different version rather than just like the normal skeleton. So there's a lot of like intricacies with it. Um and then you have the ability to to increase max skeletons that you can summon. There's a lot that goes into it. Um I won't go any more deeper than that because it might change within the axe um yeah be because other effects like the enemies you fight like get new abilities the same ones that you were fighting before as axe go up and there's differences between that but from what i've played so far those are like the main differences i've seen with the classes 
This game looks so cool. What are you playing it on? Did you did you pick it up on Steam? Did you Steam. buy the buy it for like fifteen bucks or? Yeah, I picked it up on Steam. I paid. Uh, I think it was like twelve something because it was on sale for the, the first, first week, like ten yeah. percent off thing. Yeah, and right now I think it's it's the sale is over and it's back at fifteen bucks. But I I think it's still worth it. I think there's if you're into a game that's a little bit grindy, um, and you want you know kind of that that I don't want to say comfort food, but it's it's very much a like it's casual, not casual. Like you really need to think about what you're doing and you need to learn and, and get better in that regards of, of like a knowledge thing, but it's not like a mechanically intensive thing. Like it's, mm-hmm. it is an idler, you know? Um, I, I think then it's, it's definitely something to, to look into. All right. And speaking of roguelike games, you're also playing the ever tried demo. This is something that we talked about when it was back on Kickstarter. I think we covered it in God bless the crowd, but tell me your thoughts on the demo. Yeah, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, so it's Dan, Danilo Dominguez and Lunic Games. I thought it was interesting. Uh, we uh, also transparency we have an interview developer in the works that will be coming out with this team, um, which I'm excited for because we talked about it a, a while back, and I was kind of like, oh, this seems interesting, and I just wanted to check it out because they they honestly at the end they gave me like a oh can you get to the last uh, the end of it kind of like a, a, a not really like a challenge but but just being like oh can you do it because it's one of the things of of people going through it in the full game there's going to be 50 levels that you have to go through this one is only 15 and i did make it and i just i wanted to shout out kind of my thoughts and and to just let people know that this is a thing uh still mm-hmm. um but i really enjoyed it it very much is similar to um to like kind of like into the breach but instead of knowing what they're going to do next you kind of just have to take that approach it's very much a turn based of like you move and then they move you move they move right after and you have to understand like the different types of characters and what they do you only have uh the ability to be hit three times throughout this otherwise you die completely so it is very much a you need to think about it but they do it in a way where if you move fast enough you have this this energy bar that uh, it's called focus. And so you're trying to uh, keep that focus high enough because there's certain things that like uh, certain abilities will play into that. In the demo, I really didn't see that. And like at first I was really trying to push myself to always keep that bar high enough. But then I was like, you know, this really doesn't do anything for me unless I have specific abilities with it. And I didn't see anything that really pushed me to keep that up. So it was more like, all right, let me just learn this first and then I'll get better and, and it'll just kind of stick like as you understand the character's movements um you then just get faster by default which i think was their their intention anyway so i i think it was a smart decision um but the it was kind of annoying in the later levels because in that last five levels i was like man i keep dying on this level 14 or level 13 and i was like i was like i just need to beat this so that i could say i did it kind of a thing um (laughs) but i really enjoyed it because then you get to the last level and you had this boss which was I don't think the boss was very, it was, I, I felt like the level 13, 14 of, of dealing with just being overwhelmed by so many characters as opposed to a big boss didn't seem as like, it was kind of anticlimactic. I don't want to say that because there was a lot of like, I was on my toes because I was like, okay, I'm finally at the boss. I got to make sure I do this because otherwise I have to redo the whole set. Um, but the boss was far less difficult than actually getting to it. Far far less difficult because it was more management of just understanding, okay, wh- where's his attack going? Where is he going? Okay, just move to wherever. Like there, it was... And I think it was done in a, in a good way because I don't think it would make sense for them to be like unfair and be like, 
there's nowhere for you to go. You're just going to die kind of a thing. Um, so I think it, it makes sense, but it was much more chaotic when you have like 10 people on the map and you're like looking at one of the characters and you're like, haha, you can't hit me. And then like someone from on the, you know, the other side of the screen just like flies at you and you're like, damn, should have been paying attention kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get what you mean. It's kind of like there's, there's an energy to the other, like keeping track of like 10 different enemies versus fighting one big one. one. Big one. Sure, it'll hit you harder, but you know where it is. Like playing playing all these Souls-like games on my like Twitch channel is right. has kind of got me into that where it's like bosses are fun. They're like way harder than standard enemies, but standard enemies, like the, the problem with them is the sheer amount. Yeah, like, they can, can just take so and overwhelm you. Yeah. yeah yeah okay so i ever tried has always seemed really cool i is, i loved it when it was back on uh kickstarter yeah. and i enjoyed like the art style a lot i believe i said it wasn't really a game for me just because that's i like, don't I'm think it would be for likes you that i much, but, do not think yeah. so based on me playing this it took me it was you know it was a good challenge like I, I i definitely did it it didn't take me too uh insanely long it was like an hour or so that i i played around with it until i got through that that end part but then i i think about that and then being like, oh, there would be, you know, 35 extra levels that I would have to go through. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But like this very much was a demo. This was before there's a lot of changes that are coming through. Like I'm, I'm interested to see because there's also like skill leveling that wasn't in the demo. Apparently uh, the abilities that you get. I didn't feel that they were as needed a lot of the time. Like uh, there weren't many abilities where I was like, this is a game changer. Like this is going to help me get through like most of it i was just using the basic attack of running through and you just need to know basic placement but i i do think that um that progression or that that skill change up of them saying in the interview that like as you play those skills will turn into something possibly completely different and just become much better i i'm very much excited to see and to see what those enemies change into with the different worlds so i i just wanted to give a quick shout out to them and definitely say Check out the demo or at least, uh, you know, keep an eye on their their Twitter to see when they they officially come out. I wish they would create a Steam page. I think that's the one uh, recommendation I'd I give. I know. That's what I was just looking just, for. I was like, where's this uh, fucking shit on Steam? Yeah. Bro? And they said they wanted to create like when I was talking to them in the interview developer um, or the interview. They were yeah, saying you said interview developer like five a bunch, times. A bunch of times. I always <laughs> I just put those two words and I just like slap them together and I'm like, that's probably it. But um, in that interview, I, I mentioned that uh, something about that of like, where can they go? And they were like, oh, we we're, we're going to create a page sooner. And I'm like, start the wish list now. And you got to. Yeah, because I because I want to, you know, push people to a sp specific place. But right now it's really just their Twitter to follow because they're doing updates there. Um but, I mean, plus, like, when you look up the game, it's, I imagine there are a decent amount of people when they look up the game and the only thing that comes up is, like, a bunch of news articles and Kickstarter, they're just like, mm, I don't know yeah. if I want to do that. Versus Steam, it's like, it's so much easier to follow because, of course, like we've talked about in God Bless the Crowd before, Kickstarter just has such, a, like, negative taste in most people's mouths. Like, they don't even yeah. have to have like invested in a campaign and not gotten what they wanted it's just the buzz around kickstarter yeah has done that to people so like if they made a steam page i feel like it would 
definitely bring in a lot more people to check right. out EverTried, but their updates over on Twitter are really, really nice. I actually, uh, we follow them. I make sure I retweet a lot of their stuff, so make sure to follow them and us at IndiePod over on Twitter. But yeah. EverTried I- looks dope as shit. And, and the one last thing that I'll, I'll mention and just a little inside baseball that I didn't know until talking with them was about their Kickstarter because I, I had asked them like, oh, where do you want me to reference that you can get their demo? And they were like, oh, over on Game Jolt, uh, a specific website. And I was like, oh, OK, because I had said the Kickstarter and they're like, oh, no, because it's an older build. And apparently when a Kickstarter, like when that timer countdown of that month or whatever they put in there, once that like hits and ends, you cannot update that page at all. That blows. Yeah, because I was even, they mentioned it and I noticed it. They hit a stretch goal that is not referenced in that Kickstarter page just because they didn't have time to update it because it was very close to the end when they hit it. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I never really thought about it that, but like there's, there's an obvious like why Kickstarter does that and I get it, but it is a little interesting that you just, you can't change that page. Yeah, yeah, they they do it so people can't be like, no, you didn't. Uh, that's not what that tier was for, right. kind of a deal. Yeah, like just to keep people from doing sketchy shit. I guess there is like the updates portion of the yeah. Kickstarter pages. Um, but, but that's still, not like yeah, it is kind of weird. Then you have to do that research and like you have it, the onus is on the investor or the person to to be yeah. like, oh, let me dig deeper. And it's like most people are going to look at the Kickstarter that immediate page and be like. Did I get what I want or did I not? If not, I might just, you know what? Meh, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, this is why they need a Steam page. <laughs> just make it so much easier, but whatever. Uh, for games that I'm playing this week, I don't have anything on the dock because I've spent most of this week uh, just kind of trying to hang out with my wife. We've been re-watching a lot of the MCU movies. Like, I'm, uh, we're re-watching them in the timeline order. So we started with, like, captain america the first avenger and then went to like captain marvel and stuff so it's it's actually kind of weird to see the difference in quality between movies because certain ones came out after others but are actually in the timeline earlier so it's just like this movie looks better than this one but i have to watch it later it's it's very odd it's like watching guardians one and two and then last night so i watched guardians one watched guardians two and then watched uh avengers age of ultron and i was like "Ooh, the two guardians movies they're just so much better than age of ultron (laughs) but whatever so it's it's kind of weird but i've been doing that and while i was doing so uh i watched the two thor movies thor and thor the dark world uh and well i watched thor ragnarok before it but that's just because it's a great movie and it got me really like hankering to play something in like Norse mythology. And I thought about picking up Valheim, but I was like, I know I'm not going to be able to invest as much time into that game as I really will want to. So instead, I'll just replay God of War, which is like a 30 hour game in itself, which is hilarious. But I was like, you know what? I want to I want to chill. I want to play some God of War. I want to see if I missed anything. I want to fight the Valkyries, whatever. So I started New Game Plus in God of War, and it's really honestly weird to hop in in New Game Plus after like an entire year or more of this game being out and me not having played it, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't know what any of my abilities do. And then while like going through everything, I got to the point where like you get Mimir and he's just chilling on your belt. And yesterday I thought about it and I was like, man, his existence fucking sucks. Because he was, like, that's kind of his whole story. 
is that he like Odin blames him for all the stuff that goes on with the Vanir gods and stuff. And so he attaches him like he tortures him. He uh, traps him in that tree. You cut off his head, you reanimate it and stuff. But then his head is placed on Kratos's belt. And the other day I was just like he was I went to uh, Moosefelheim, I think it's what it's called. And he was talking about how it's like all fire and brimstone and it smells like fire and brimstone. And I was like, dude, you know what? I didn't even think about fucking Mimir is just being forced to suck in Kratos's fart straight from the tailpipe, like yeah. for a solid like several days. Yeah, that's all he's he just gets. literally. Yeah, he's sitting there fucking kissing Kratos's butthole and he can't even do anything about it. He's just like, hey, want to hear a story about Odin being a dickhead for the 25th time as he's like fucking just existing in stench hell yeah yeah that stink and that whiplash of constantly like yeah every time kratos moves he's just like stop ah! <laughs> like think about Get him it. in battle of he must be just like slapping between his cheeks and his thigh yeah, dude. of like constantly he's like god i wish you weren't so thick jesus <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I've been playing. Been replaying God of War, so I haven't had much time to play some indie games. I did play a little bit more of Project Gorgon. It's a like an MMO in early access. It's like an indie MMO uh, from the people who made, I believe, like EverQuest Two. Some of the people who did that, like Star Trek Online and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I went back to it. It's still in early access. Honestly, um, returning to it, I like I, I initially bought it and played it probably. A, Actually, like two years ago, it was very early on in IndiePod that mm -hmm. I picked it up. And returning to it, I'm just not super impressed with what they've done within that amount of time. Right. Like, I was creating a new character and realized that, like, there's maybe... I chose one race where I was like, okay, cool, I want to make a cat girl. So I make <laughs> I chose the cat race, and then you can choose, like, two different colors for your fur, but you can't change the face of your character so you just look and i was it's it just got really obnoxious where i was like why would you add in an entirely new race but have zero customization options for that race like it just doesn't make any sense i mean i didn't play a whole lot of it i just kind of hopped into it real quick i'm hoping that eventually uh they pour some more time into it and maybe it gets a little bit more content but currently it's it's pretty content light from what i would I mean, it's it's got a lot to do, but it's it's content light for what I was looking for, at least from like character creation, like starting off. So I don't think it's very good for new players. But mm -hmm. if you are like heavily invested in it, I imagine the shit they put out is pretty cool, like new races and stuff. You could do quests, and so now you can play as a fairy, which is kind of interesting. And I think they're adding a dwarf race soon. So I don't know. It's weird. Mm -hmm. I hopped into it for probably like an hour or two, and I was like. I'm just not feeling this right now. It's just like I enjoy the skills based MMO trope. I really like that. It's very similar to Elder Scrolls Online in that sense, mm -hmm. but it's just it's super rough. Oh, and I realized it's kind of weird. So, you know how you get you have like character portraits mm -hmm. that are like up in like the corner and stuff. Yeah. This one has an updating one. So while you're doing stuff, your character's face like does different <sighs> movements and stuff. Oh. But I realized 
if I walk forward, my character looks normal. But if I walk backward, it scrunches up their face and it starts to like, it's like a black hole is just swallowing their face from the inside. And their face is just like, <laughs> anytime I just heck? make my character walk backwards. So it totally threw me off because you like, when you're running, it'll be like this. And then when you uh, walk backwards, their face is just like, <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Seems, seems like something they would have caught by now. <laughs> You would think so, but I have no idea. Like I, I have, I don't know what they're doing with that game. It's, it's interesting. It's an early access, so all of this can be explained by like it's not fucking done. But yeah, 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 of course. It's rough. It's rough. But speaking of some rough times, let's talk about our main news stories. Our first one over on IGN. This one by Jordan Oleman. It is Rust developers expecting large amount of data loss following server fire. Rust developers Face Punch Studios has just uh, has just said that it's expecting a large amount of data lost after a fire burst out at a data center that held many of the game's EU servers. The news came in a tweet from the official Rust account earlier today, as this studio learned that a blaze had broken out at the OVH Cloud Data Center in Strasbourg, France? Strasbourg, France? I don't know how to fucking say that. Uh, 25 of our EU servers remain offline due to a fire at OVH Data Center. In the early hours of the morning, the statement reads, Unfortunately, the fire destroyed SBG2 building. I'm assuming that's an actual building. I don't know. Uh, we're expecting a large amount of data loss across the affected servers. According to a statement from OVH Cloud, the fire broke out at 12.47 uh, a.m. local time on March 10th. The fire was contained several hours later and OVH Cloud has confirmed that no one has been harmed. This has been updated since, saying that we've confirmed a total loss of the affected EU servers during the OVH data center fire. We're now expecting replacing the affected... Uh, yeah, we're now exploring replacing the affected servers. Data will be unable to restored or uh, data will be unable to be restored. Footage of the destroyed data center has been seen here, which is like a link courtesy of the Microsoft's Kevin Bugmont. I don't know how to say that. Uh, Rust account later confirmed that data will be unable to be restored after assessing the total loss of the EU server affected by the fire. Although it remains unclear how many players will be affected by this event, the studio is currently exploring how it can replace the servers that have been affected by the fire. This totally blows for them. Now, I mean, it's it's not something you really think about when you play online games is that servers actually have to be maintained and updated to keep this game going. Like there are certain yeah. games that exist in almost perpetuity or perpetuity like fucking DC Universe Online has been going for like I would say probably like 10 to 15 years now. And you don't really think about the actual real world cost of keeping that game on the Internet. But this is kind of the fucked up shit that happens is like through no fault of their own as far as I know Face Punch Studios is going to have to replace these servers and like a large amount of their players are going to lose what I assume is like they could possibly have lost their world that they had put a shit ton of time into granted I'm assuming they have private servers similar to a lot of these kind of survival craft games but you they they may have lost something that they put a shitload of time into because yeah. of a random act of like fucking it's it's not even like i wouldn't even say like a random act of injustice or anything it's just bad luck yeah god it is um 
It is sad. Uh, yeah. It is sad because it's something that wasn't like them just doing something stupid, right? This is like mm-hmm. a natural disaster kind of a thing. This is a... It, it's it, an act of God is what an insurance company would call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm literally not even joking. No, I That's know. actually when you make insurance claims that have no actual, like, you could not have prevented it. It's no one's fault. They call it an act of God. Yeah, I <laughs> I think it's interesting too. Um, I, I love seeing how people can be so... Um, shitty um when you look at like comments and twitter and things like that like i so this is obviously a big impact and i'm sure there are a lot of people who are upset because they have content or like you know information that is lost from their side as a player and it sucks dude don't get me wrong like there but at the same time there's people who literally look at this specifically and will say how could you do this you better do something to make this right by us the people and you're like I don't know that that's the right reaction immediately after a studio gets hit so hard by yeah. losing all this. And granted, like, okay, the, the the concept is like, you see people who are yelling at them and like, why didn't you have a backup? And they're like, the backup was in that area. The backup yeah, had a backup. We just didn't have it separate from the other yes. servers kind of a deal. And yeah. so, and like, cause you know, you think of when you're thinking of like backing that up, you're thinking of, oh, because I might need something that server might crash or whatever. Something might get corrupt. You don't always just plan for a giant wildfire inside your, you know, space like which granted, maybe they will now. But like, <laughs> why would you just assume that everyone does that, especially if it's a, you know, a, a smaller studio than someone like a Nintendo, a PlayStation, you know, a Sony, a, a Microsoft, right? Like they don't have the amount of time, resources, money to just be like, we need a backup server here and here, and we need all this stuff. Like, you just can't do that, right? Yeah. It doesn't make I mean, sense. even my PC backup, like my PC's right there, my backup's right there. It's, right. Yeah, if fire happens, happened to it's this gone. desk, it would be fucking dead. It's like, gone. everything would be dead. <laughs> and so, so I just want to say, first off, you know, have a little bit of humility when you think about this situation. But also, you know, this is just a, a shitty time for both the developers and for the people going through it um but i don't know that there's a lot you could say other than next time maybe have servers in different locations but no one fucking so bad that in my head i was like sucks to suck yeah i mean that is kind of like that is the 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 reaction that you're like well get fucked you know but <laughs> yeah, you're like sorry that sucks like i don't know what you want from me yeah but like it is it's it's seriously it's it's awful i don't know that there's much to say on it like other than you know hopefully uh they get it up and running and they give some like you there's ways that they could find you know to make amends to some of the people who got screwed over you know give them some kind of uh uh bonus of in-game whatever it is to be mm-hmm. like hey sorry but like fire <laughs> like what do you what do you say like what a- you're like i'm sorry that the deity that uh, currently presides over this realm decided that you don't get to play rust anymore bro yeah like it's not my fault <laughs> so it is what it is i mean everyone's gonna have their own opinion on it but i just think it sucks no, I mean, that's a great point to bring up, though, is that, like, in, in situations like these where it's not necessarily anyone's fault, as far as we know, granted, right, like, right, of course. maybe this building wasn't up to code, like, all sorts of stuff, but as far as we know currently, we all just need to kind of take a step back and be like, 
how would you feel if this happened to you? Like, it's yeah. not your fault. It's mm-hmm. kind of like if if your job issued you equipment and then your apartment flooded or something and they're like, you have to pay for that. You're like, in what world should I have to like, I understand that it was my responsibility, but also the fucking earth hates me. Like, yeah. I don't understand kind of a deal. So yeah, just come to this with a little bit of concern. Think about if it was you, like what exactly how would you feel about how would you feel about it in this scenario just chill for a second and anytime this kind of stuff happens because shit shit happens like real world stuff happens to video games that's nobody's fault it's just like an accident kind of a deal like i mean i wouldn't even necessarily call it an accident it's just like a happenstance just randomly shit happens so that blows but let's talk about the community itself actually helping out each other this one is over on GameSpot. It is written by jeremy winslow and it is valheim wholesome community establishes body recovery squad to retrieve lost items valheim players are combating the frustration of losing everything after death by establishing and dispatching a body recovery squad that ventures out to retrieve all lost items the body recovery squad was recently set up through a dedicated discord server their goal is for community members or operators that's what they call themselves uh to aid players in re uh, recollecting everything they lost after dying this is done by players joining the server entering a channel called uh it's like hashtag assistance application mm-hmm and pressing the SOS button. Once the message has been received, an operator will get in touch with that player in question to organize and execute the item recovery effort. There are no stipulations for the assistance, and it doesn't matter where a player's tombstone is located, the body recovery squad, once mobilized, will complete the mission at all costs. I love how serious this is, by the way. It's so hilarious. Uh, Players can't... uh, Players aren't required to compensate the Body Recovery Squad. The group does it all for free. The Body Recovery Squad founder, Lucas A. Rim Janer, detailed the rationale behind the group in a brief interview with Eurogamer. After nearly... uh, after nearly encountering a similar fate, losing everything when battling a death Skeeto, but being lucky enough to have a portal close by, Lucas thought of the other players who might not escape death and are forced to start over. This thought caused him to establish the Body Recovery Squad as a way to help out other players. That single moment losing everything can be so detrimental to players and has caused some quiet, uh, has caused some to quit playing the game entirely. Lucas said I thought to myself what if I didn't have what if it didn't have to be this way what if there was a lifeline out there that helped players keep going the body recovery squad currently has 15 operators willing to assist players less fortunate the number is likely to grow said Lucas Um, he said that he received 50 new operator applications this week through the body recovery squad Lucas is hoping to foster a great community we um, we aren't doing this to make money. We're doing this because we want some, we aren't doing this because we want some reward. We are doing this because we want to help foster a great community. Lucas said, it has been such a pleasure so far being able to help other players and give them a lifetime lifeline when they get into trouble. Anyhow, fi- 
This is a tough Any one for you. Any Valheim player can sign up to become an operator through a Google form, though the body recovery squad is currently no longer accepting applications at this time. I love how like this seems so serious. Yeah. Like it's it's such a wonky thing to do, but it seems like such a serious thing where like you have to apply for it and they will recover your items at any cost to them. Like it's no cost is too little kind of a deal. Like they <laughs> they will get yeah. your items back is so awesome. I fucking love this. Like communities that do this kind of shit is awesome. And also this game is in early access, which I think is is something that should be I don't know, like these these people are investing in building a community for these developers, essentially. They're like, we are doing, I don't want to say like a lot of the heavy lifting because they aren't because the developers are, of course, building the game and everything, right. but they are creating a community and keeping people, uh, keeping people invested in this game. And I think it would be so cool if, and they don't, there are no need required to do this, but it would be so cool if the Valheim developers actually put something in the game, kind of like yeah. not necessarily as a reward, but immortalizing the operators who helped people retrieve their items. Mm -hmm. I think that's so cool. Yeah. It's so awesome. So Big Josh Boy, what do you think about this news story? It is definitely interesting because I, like I've mentioned a couple of times, I have friends who are very much into this game. They are fanatics about this mm -hmm. and i i love it because you know it, it's cool to see people get so invested in it and so passionate about it, something especially because it's you mentioned it an early access game which having this much uh, of hype for it and and the way they talk about it and how much it seems like a finished product but it's just it's not even there yet is really yeah, cool you can fucking turn a bird into a boat in the game because of a weird ass glitch like i've yeah. seen so many news stories that's just like this game's janky as fuck yeah, which is, I mean, it, it adds to that charm, though, uh, in oh, a lot yeah. of ways. But I think it's so cool because it's a I've, feature. I've, exactly, <laughs> uh, intended, working as intended. Uh, I think it's so cool because I hear them all the time where they'll say something like, oh, we're over at this area, like, we have to get back, like, oh, don't die. Like, you know, it's, it's a very serious thing because mm -hmm. you die and you're stuck there if you can't get back, kind of a thing, which I think is great. I think it is great because they mentioned it in the article, but like, those are our game killers. Those are definitely you have a bad experience, a rough experience because you're you're doing what the game is trying to to lead you to do, which is explore. But then you explore too much and then you pay the consequence of just being like, oh, well, I guess I lose and I can't do anything now. Like that's that sucks. Right. So this is a weird safety feature of, you know, a, a, a group of people being really cool and being like, you know what, we're going to make it so you don't have that moment. Great. Yeah, I mean, I've had it happen in Ark before where I've died in like an area that I could not get back to. And I was just like, you know what? Like, that was all my good shit. Like, I'm just not even going to fuck with it. It's yeah. it, it totally sucks. And yeah, like you said, it's it's definitely a game quitter. So I think it's amazing that the players are taking the onus and they're like, you know what? This game is amazing and we want people to enjoy it the way that we have enjoyed it. So we are actually going to make it a little bit more accessible. We're going to invest our time into helping you collect your items, which is just so cool. Right. I'm kind of wondering like how exactly a lot of this works. Like it says you do like the SOS button and stuff, but I want to know how the like application goes and everything, how they deem you worthy of becoming an yeah. operator because you'd assume you have to be like a high well, level, well-geared player and to that's, do this. That's honestly probably why they stopped accepting applications because it's yeah. a lot of, you know, trying to vet 
someone who's coming on board and be like, okay, what is your account? Are you a good person? Like, I don't even know how you would vet that of like, are you really going to do this? Like, are you invested in the idea mm -hmm. of at any cost? Right? Yeah. Yeah. At any cost to you kind of a deal. So I think it's amazing. This shit's so cool. Fuck yeah. This community. I'll be honest. I don't talk about every Valheim story because if I did, this would be the fucking Valheim podcast because literally everyone is writing articles about Valheim, which is really cool, but also it's just fucking excessive. I mean, Every time there's a new like hit game, it's just like when Among Us was first popping off, every other article was about Among Us. Same thing with Fall Guys. Now it's Valheim. You gotta like, ride those coattails. <clears throat> I typically just completely avoid 90% of them because they're not news stories for the most part. Like I could have talked about the uh, birds as boat things, but I was like, I'm not going to. Yeah. But well, you did, Valheim so. seemed amazing. I mean, yeah, I briefly mentioned it, but uh, yeah, this was something I really wanted to talk about because we often talk about how awesome the community in No Man's Sky is, mm -hmm. and it should also be said that these communities exist in other places and they're doing amazing things. So kudos to these amazing people, these operators in this body recovery squad. You're awesome. It is time for us to hop into News Crape. <laughs> Newscram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. This week in Newscram, we have one quick news story, one piece of new deals and quick steals, and then a bunch of new stuff. So pretty much as per usual. Uh, our first and only quick news story for today comes by way of IGN, where it's reported that Loop Hero by Four Quarters has sold over 500,000 copies within just a week of launch. I do That's actually love... Yeah, the way this was reported, though, is so funny. The words that they choose to use, they refuse to write it as 500,000 copies and instead would always say half a million. They would always reference a million. Every time it's hit a, like a milestone, like last week when I talked about it hitting 250,000, they called it a quarter of a million. Because it just they sounds refused. better. It yeah, sounds the, so much more impressive than the actual The numbers. million sounds so much more impressive, even though it's not actually a million, right. but it's still really awesome. It's really cool. Uh, so kudos to Lupiero. Seems really cool. I'll probably end up purchasing it. That's good. Now on to some new deals and quick steals. Our first and only deal of this week comes by way of The Gamer, where it's reported that from March 18th through the 25th, you can get action-adventure game The Fall by Over the Moon completely free over on the Epic Game Store. And now on to some new stuff. Our first five items and new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that turn-based tactics game, The Dungeon of Nayubuk, The Amulet of Chaos by Artifacts Studios, is headed to the Nintendo Switch sometime this summer. That anti-gravity racer Ballistic NG by Neogenosis. Uh, is headed to the Nintendo Switch, yet no release date was given. That atmospheric narrative adventure game, Lost Words Beyond the Page by Sketchbook Games and Fourth State, is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam on April 6th. That rhythm game, A Musical Story by Glee Cheese Studio, is headed to the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, iOS, and PC via Steam sometime this summer. And lastly, that point-and-click adventure game, Later Alligator by Small Boo... I don't know. It's got the like accent over the U. 
So I'm going to go with Small Bits. And Pillow Fight is available on the Nintendo Switch. Now over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that the Embarcadero Plaza level is now available in Easy Day Studios Skater XL. That first-person romantic metal-detecting game, The Magnificent Truffle Pigs by Thunked, is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam sometime this summer. And that 2D Metroidvania Record of Lodos War D-Lit in, in Wonder Labyrinth by Why So Serious and Team Ladybug is leaving Steam Early Access on March 27th. Now over on IGN where it supported that co-op puzzle uh, co-op puzzle game we were here forever by total mayhem games is headed to the playstation 5 xbox series x and s and pc via steam sometime this year now over on the gamer where it's reported that open world action adventure game pine by twirlbound is now available on the playstation 4 and to round out the group over on GameSpot, it is reported that dog shelter simulator to the rescue by little rock games is headed to the nintendo switch and pc via steam sometime this fall so big josh boy we've been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories that it's about time we get back to the creators in our next segment god bless the crowd this is where the biggest of average josh boys hop into all sorts of crowdfunding sites find something awesome for us to talk about and we do just so this week we are headed over to kickstarter to talk about a game called worshipped a cultist themed multiplayer roguelike game blindly serve a dreadful god and lead its cult into a fresh multiplayer take on the roguelike genre inspired by pikmin the developers initially were looking for $52,100 that was their goal as of right now they have $99,370 with 1,976 backers and 24 days left to go. These are Chasing Rat Games, the developers of, I believe it's like something with your friends. It's, it's something weird. They are, they just put out a game. I forget what it was called. They talked about it in the, uh, in the trailer, but I'll figure it out. But Big Josh Boy, of course, to get up on the ground floor of this game, I don't know why I said get up on it, but whatever. Get you actually have it. to... Yeah, you know, uh, you actually have to invest or pledge $17, but that gets you a digital copy of the game. Your name as a Kickstarter backer in uh, the landmark, according to the tier. I don't know what the Kickstarter backer landmark is, but that's cool. Exclusive Discord title and digital wallpapers. Big Josh Boy, this seems like your type of game, so tell me what you like about it. Um, Before I do... Why does it seem like my type of game? Oh, really? The fact that they just mentioned roguelike and like co-op didn't make me totally mm. didn't throw me off. I never thought of anybody else with those. Really? Yeah, not even so. a little bit. I guess so. <laughs> no, you. I mean, you have a good point that uh, those are definitely my genres of choice. Are you going to say that you're not into this game? I am skeptical. Ah! What? Not a fan of Pikmin. Really? It's not my thing. Not a fan of Pikmin. I, I like, mean, I've honestly I've, never played a Pikmin game. I like them, but I just, I don't know. They just don't, I don't stick with them. I think it's interesting because you're controlling these people. I think it makes sense. It's like on brand for you being a cult leader. And I think it's cool that you're creating these rituals while doing it. And there seems to be like an element of, of challenge uh, in between these battles. But like also from this Steam page, I do not know, or Steam page, excuse me, Kickstarter page. I do not know 
what exactly gameplay is. <laughs> it seems like a mix between like, okay, one, I do have to say before I forget the, the game they made is called struggling. Apparently it's doing pretty well. Okay. Um, but it seems like a mix between using these blood rituals to collect more followers, which then allows you to build up your town, which then allows you to get more followers. I don't, I don't exactly know. Yeah. You, you do make a good Here, point. Like the gameplay loop isn't well illustrated in this Kickstarter. This is my biggest problem with this. And I think that the, the art direction to this, I think the characters, I think the cutesy ish nature, there is a specific uh, GIF image where there is uh, a bunch of like cultists who are real happy because they're being sacrificed. And then you can see like the, the imminent doom on two of their faces but one is super excited about it when they actually see that a person is sacrificed like i love the picture they're painting with this world and with these characters but i'm not 100 percent sure on what gameplay is going to be and if i'm going to enjoy it that's why i say i'm skeptical i think it has a lot of potential but i just don't know it feels very pikmin-y puzzle game ish that's what i'm i'm getting from it um, and, and they, they're also saying explore a living world and saying it's very much a, a, you know, an exploration game. Um, but it doesn't equate based on what they've shown in these images and in trailer pieces. So like, this is another time and I, I harp on this all the time, but like Kickstarter is a, do you believe in the idea that they're pitching? And I don't know that I have enough to say like yes i want to go for it and 17 dollars I, I believe was the the amount isn't a lot it's yeah. not a crazy ask um but i just don't know if it you know heavily focuses too much on that pikmin side of things then i don't know if it's really going to be for me and i also don't understand how co-op works like they mention that the co-op won't impact it where like it says connect with up to three friends online or use matchmaking to start a cult with other players. The game mechanics are very well adapted to multiplayer, but won't take anything away from those who want to enjoy the game solo. Sounds great, but I want to know how. And I don't see anywhere in here, and maybe I'm just not looking hard enough, but like, seems, I mean, I guess you they would- You want to know how exactly the difficulty would scale? Yeah, like I, multiple I, I want to know what that would look like. Uh, I think- I'm assuming that's kind of what they're showing in this one picture where there's like a, a number of different light colored shadow differences under certain players. And I guess they yeah. would create symbols together and maybe that's awesome, but I just, I want to know more and I'm not seeing enough from this, but like the, like I said, the art direction and like the world that they're building looks awesome. Like it's very much my style. I think this looks super cool and I, I love the ideas behind this. Um, but I just, I kind of want more, you know? Yeah, it, it seems like they have on here how to worship and the gameplay loop seems to be that you grow your cult, you explore, you gain devotion and you fight for your life in different sorts of like <clears throat> encounters among right. the world. So that's part of that like living world where like the different factions that they talk about will actually try to fight you. Like the church isn't going to let you just kind of spread your heresy. And then ultimately you're trying to summon your God yeah. and end the world. The thing I found interesting and, and one thing I really wish that they would have like talked about a little bit more is that you get to choose your God at the beginning of yeah. the game seemingly. And I want to know, like, of course they have them, like, they have them illustrated in the Kickstarter page what these gods are, but I would like to know how exactly choosing a different god would affect gameplay. Mm -hmm. Like, 
do you have to do different kinds of rituals? Like, I, I would assume summoning them at the end, like summoning your god, would be a different ritual. But I would like to know what exactly is different. But I feel like currently for the amount that is on this kickstarter page and i think that trailer is really awesome like everything that you'd get from this kickstarter i do think that it would be worthwhile for anybody that like is into this type of game like if any if anybody's into like a pseudo pikmin game kind of a deal yep. like they've been waiting for pikmin 3 to get ported to nintendo switch or whatever i think that it has enough that i feel like it's a safe bet like this is going to be a good game but I do see what you're talking about where you're like, I would like to know what exactly I'm supposed to be doing before I would invest in it because yeah. it is kind of weird. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem to have like a linear path to gameplay. Yeah. Kind of a deal. And that's, and that's not, I'm not saying that as a negative thing. I like, mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing and I think it fits with, you know, the, the general structure they're trying to build. But like, I need to know more as an investor because I just don't know that this is really going to be the game for me kind of a thing. Yeah, I think it is also really cool that the success that they saw from struggling and people playing it on Twitch and like content creators making content has seemingly made them implement this into their next game because it has this innovative Steam or stream support allowing like streaming and watching streams has become a huge facet of the gaming of worship and worship will reflect that a vastly customizable steam mode paired with meaningful viewer interaction will make it an awesome game for streamers and viewers alike so i'm wondering if they're going to implement something similar to the like ring of pain where people yeah, could make cards and stuff like that yeah like I, I think that would be really cool i hope so because i think that is the future of gaming in a lot of ways like obviously you could say other things but like i think that is a realm that people need to start thinking about because it very much is build that community build that you know awareness in general is so hard and having people like big streamers or even small streamers who then have a, a smaller community a bigger community any type of community to get invested in a game because they're interacting together inside the game means you know a lot of people will want to pick it up a lot of people will will enjoy it it'll spread word of mouth like this is a, a huge um hugely important topic that i think and I hope that more developers will will lean into because it's so cool. Like Ring of Pain, like the idea of just having the ability to have people draw penises on cards as a stupid <laughs> joke is like such a good selling point because like who doesn't like a stupid dick joke, right? Like, yeah. Like, I think it's so funny that it has that one moment of building where where Chris drew the, the dick as one of the characters and it was one of those explodey boys who chases you're like you. i don't know what this is and i was like i don't know why this dick is chasing me <laughs> and like you know it's simple it's childish but like it doesn't always have to be that way but it's it is a moment that would not have happened if i was just playing the game right and it is just an added layer that that just increases the enjoyment for different people and so i, I love the idea of it i just wish i knew more Oh yeah, that's that's definitely a big thing for this. Honestly, like this isn't like I, I don't think that this was a game that would be meant for like a person of of my taste, but I do think it looks really awesome. I agree. I love the like I, I love the art style. I think it looks awesome. I like the idea of blood rituals. I think that seems really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the things I love the most about it is this really like dark humor like you talked about. I I loved like the stabbing of one and it's just like willingly accepting it. It's like stab me. Yeah. Like touch me, papa. And fucking like stabs it and the other three are just sitting there like, "Whoa." Like, what? <laughs> like I love that shit. Like it it was so good. It was awesome. Yeah. I yeah, I, I definitely think I will, uh, I'll wait to see, and maybe this will be something that I end up picking up because I didn't expect to enjoy it, like, or enjoy know. the concept similar to, like, Loop Hero. Yeah. I'm honestly expecting to pick up that game now because, like, beforehand, I had zero thought of picking it up. There was no right. way I was going to pick it up because it's just not my type of game, but now I'm like, hell yeah, dude, I'm going to pick up Loop Hero, 15 bucks, that's nothing. Let's play this fucking game. Kind right. of a deal. Yeah, it's it's, so it's interesting. Hopefully, this ends up being that way. It's interesting because it it's tough to know who to market to or how to market when you create a game, and I think it's why you need to consider different angles. And it's it's also a reason why I love that we talk about the games that we play because like just you as a person, like I hope that other people get that same idea. It's why anytime I see card game mechanics in a game, I'll usually be like. Yes, this is more Slay the Spire versus no, this isn't. Because a lot of people don't see that line. And it's like, well, these games are actually really good if you just knock out that part of your brain that's like card games suck. Yeah. Which I yeah, get it. That's They suck. That's very true. You're like, you know, fucking I'm just diehard card game fan. You know? Card games are the worst. Let me tell you. But anyway, <laughs> I, I think honestly, like to wrap this part up, I think Worship is is shaping up to be something that's really cool. I just, I want to keep this on my radar. It's not something I'll back. And I don't need to because they've made it, you know? But if this is something you really are enjoying or, or want to get into, like you said that, you know, the Pikmin pseudo-like, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So once again, that is Worship. It's over on Kickstarter. They still have 24 days left to go at the time of this recording. So by the time you hear this, they're still going to have time. So mm -hmm. if it sounds cool, check it out and make sure to follow us at IndiePod for our like declarations of what we did for God bless the crowd. Cause I always try to make sure I say it beforehand yep. so that people can check it out and choose and kind of like be part of the conversation, what they enjoyed about it versus what we made your shit on or enjoyed about it. So, but I do okay. have to say great trailer, dude, fucking great trailer for this, for this one. Yes. I loved it. It was like, quirky it was fun in the beginning and then it moved to a large explanation of what the fuck their game was and i thought that was awesome he's like this is what you're gonna do granted there is some stuff that's like left out we don't know the moment to moment gameplay right. but there but. was enough there that i feel like it it definitely did enough to let people know what they should be expecting it gave them I that agree. crumb that's gonna lead them to the feast later on so i think yep. it's gonna be awesome but speaking of crumbs i don't know that's whatever. Speaking sure. of feasts, I guess. Uh, our first of our listener questions today, because we got to hop into our listener questions, is our last segment, is from Zach Durham. Writes in and says, Do you guys have a spicy McChicken sandwiches at McDonald's in your areas? Apparently, that's a regional thing, and they have just a bland ass, non spicy chicken, uh, McChicken in some states. So, Big Josh Boy, do you have a spicy McChicken? in uh, florida you know i was so sure when i first read this that i do but now that i'm thinking about it i don't know and i haven't been to a mcdonald's in like a year since this pandemic thing so i have no idea mcdonald's could be selling selling like clothes now and i would just be <laughs> like oh I guess that's a thing like i have no there's so many things out in the real world after this pandemic that i am just so ignorant too i have no i i want to say yes but i don't know now that you're saying it's a regional thing i have no idea maybe i uh 
in in Idaho, I don't think we do. I've I I know that they have implemented it. They possibly implemented it recently. I mean, granted, um, depending on who you are, a standard McChicken could be a spicy one because they have I, like a little bit of spice on it, but it's still fucking. Done, I dude. am so confused when people say stuff like that when they're like, no, like this my, water's spicy. My <laughs> so spicy. My my wife's family. They are just the biggest babies when it comes to spice. <laughs> they'll, they, it's like there's pepper in it or something. And they'll be like, yeah. oh, it's so spicy. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? Or they'll like, they know me as the one person who eats a bunch of spicy stuff. So anytime there's like a, ooh, a jalapeno, that's who it's like this dirty thing. They're like, oh, Josh, this is for you. And I'm like, it's a jalapeno. It's like the least spicy of the peppers, <laughs> like, people. It's mild, motherfucker. <laughs> it's, yeah, they'll they'll always take a bite of something. They'll be like, "This is spicy. You're gonna like it." And I'll eat it, and I'll be like, "There is no spice in this. <laughs> you are so wrong." <laughs> this is spicy. You're gonna like it. You're like, man, they put an extra pinch of pepper. I know. That's cool. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I think we recently may have gotten the spicy chicken sandwich at McDonald's. Normally, I don't like. I don't fuck with well actually i typically love spicy stuff so like i love the spicy nuggets and everything like mm-hmm. i'll go to fucking wendy's all day long spicy, get nuggets them are spicy great. nuggies dude they're yep. so good but i um i very specifically when i go to mcdonald's and get the mcgangbang kind of a deal mm-hmm. where it's like you get the double cheeseburger you get the mcchicken you just slide that bad boy in between but i uh i don't believe that we have spicy McChickens, honestly. I I don't think. But then again, each McDonald's sometimes has their different menus, and I'm going to be honest, okay? Here's the thing that pisses me off at McDonald's too, and I've harped on this for like two years because it's just, it's fucking annoying. I, okay, so you go to a McDonald's, and I always just, I say this, and I feel like it's pretty easy to understand what I'm saying, but apparently it's not. It's like a fucking coded message. I'll be like, can I get a double cheeseburger plain in a large meal? What do you think that means? What do you think I mean by that? You want cheese, meat, and a bun. Yeah, and I want, like, if I say a large meal, I mean I want a large fry and I want a large drink. Yep. Seems fairly straightforward. But going to McDonald's now, they're like, I'll be like, I'll say that. Can I get a double cheeseburger plain in a large meal? And, of course, they'll be like, okay, do you want cheese on that kind of a deal? And it's like, yeah. I, I enjoy that you asked me that. But also I said a cheeseburger, so it's kind of self-explanatory. I say I want a double hamburger kind of a deal. But still, I I appreciate that you said that. But then they're just like, "Ah." they do the like, we don't do meals anymore. Um, So I'm sorry we can't do that. And I'm like, you understand what I fucking said. I want a large drink and I want a large fry. That's it. It's not that hard. I don't give a shit. Like I'm not the dude pinching pennies who's just like, you know what? Mm." My uh, my meal this time was three cents over what it typically is. What's this all about? Ain't got that true dollar menu no more. I'm like, no, just fucking do what I hate Wait, it every I, time. Because now when I go to McDonald's, I just have to say I want a double cheeseburger plain, a large fry, a large drink, and a McChicken plain. I just say that. And then sometimes the person at a different McDonald's than the one who always says they don't have meals at a different McDonald's will be like, oh, so you want that in a meal? And I'm like, ooh, fuck you. I'll, I'll kill you right now <laughs> if you fucking say the word meal to me one more time. I'm so sick of it because it's this like is... 
And I swear there's like two McDonald's in Boise <laughs> that apparently no longer do meals and will not allow you to say the word. It's removed from their fucking vocabulary, dude. I'm it's so, so annoying. I guess it's just because I, I don't hate it. I don't care as much and I usually don't order them. But that seems super weird that they would even be like, like, who cares about the like legit, like the, the linguistics of it, of just like, you know what I fucking mean. When, like, Chase has pointed out to me before that it is possible that they say that because generally the idea of a meal is that you get it cheaper than buying the things by themselves. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But you could just say that to me. Yeah. Like, don't, because the conversation always goes, can I get double cheeseburger plain large meal? And then they go, we don't do meals anymore flat they just say that they don't say like we don't do meals anymore so we can't give it to you for that price but i can give you a large drink and a large fry they go out of their way to say nothing other than words we don't do meals anymore and i'm just like dude fuck you know what i want bitch just fucking put it on the menu it ain't that hard like i don't know pisses me off every fucking time every (sighs) time you know you and those weird quirks what are you gonna do yeah, it seriously makes me want to fly off the handle. I'm not even joking. Like, I just, it makes me want to punch myself every time. And it's like, it's not anymore when they say, like, we don't do meals. Like, I'm like, okay, I get that. It's just the ones who say, so you want that in a meal? I'm like, mm. I'm going to fucking deck you it sounds like, right now. It sounds like we found your weakness in the next question. <laughs> Dude, I have so many weaknesses, obviously. But, yeah, no idea if we have the spicy chicken sandwich. I don't know. So that would be sweet. I would love to get a spicy McChicken. I might have to go to McDonald's after this to check, but stay tuned. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna blame. I'm gonna blame my 200 pound body on Zach Durham because he's asking me McDonald's questions. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Captain Bang writes in and says, bang, "If bang. you were a boss in a Mega Man style game, Mega Man, Mega Man style game, what would your weakness be, and what power would you give the hero?" So big Josh boy, what would your weakness be and what power would you give the hero? Uh, so I don't, I, I, we talked about this and I, I struggle with this question because I don't often think about weaknesses or strengths for myself. I specifically don't ever think of strengths for myself. Weakness, like equating it to something that would be interesting in a video game is a little bit the, the reason why I struggle with this. Cause I'm like, what would you do to defeat me? And I'm like, mm. well, uh, yeah, you don't have as many weird quirks as I do. Like all you'd have to do I, to defeat me is like fucking, I don't know, like put a pebble in a sandwich and I just kill myself. <laughs> like I'd be like, nah, dude, I'm too done. much. I mean, to be fair, the like your weakness and what power you could give people could be the same thing. Cause big Josh boy, we all know he's well endowed. So the weakness would be that his, his movement is hampered. He's just got too much between the legs <sighs> that <sighs> that third leg ain't helping him out. And then That's like, true. what power do you give them? You give them the power of confidence because they now get your long dong. The okay? long so. dong. I honestly weakness probably, I, I love it, but let's, uh, <laughs> let's just, Skip that one. Let's dial it back. Let's dial that back a bit. I'm not trying to brag. Let's you know? uh, let's roll the ding dong back. Um, so my <laughs> weakness, I tend to do like I overwhelm myself with stuff. I think I do this in a lot of ways when it comes to work. Like I am very much the person who, when it comes to going to a job, like I, I am not the person who is like, oh, just do nothing at work. Like, and it's cool. Like I get to take the day off, but I'm at work. I'm getting paid to do nothing. Like, cannot be like that. I hate it. Anytime that happens, I'm super bored. I, I never know what to do because I like I 
hate doing the idea of like, I'll just play a game while I'm at work. And I'm like, no, cause it feels dirty, but I'm like, yeah. So I'll just like sit there and kind of do nothing. Cause I'm like, uh, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm like, this is awful. So like, I am always the type of person who's like, give me more, give me more, give me more. Like, I'll take it on. I'll take it on. And I always then get to the point where I'm then like, this is too much. This is too, and I, I, like, I'll just still force myself to do it. And so like, I think it would be like, some form of like over exhaustion or, or something like that. Like, I don't know how to relax or ever not be doing something. So either giving me nothing, which is a weird way to say it and boring me to death. <laughs> or giving me too much to do. And this is why it doesn't equate to like a game. Cause it's like, what are you, what are you giving me? Like, what would be the gameplay yeah, mechanic of this? What is the gameplay? What are you like throwing me paper assignments or something? And I'm like, like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> like start oh. fucking like jotting shit down. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, okay. I don't know. And my, my power is uh, the ability to be good at dance games. So you get to rip off my legs. <laughs> And you get to learn the art of dance. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, for me, my weakness would be there's so many, dude. There's so <laughs> fucking many. Like in a gameplay scenario, I probably feel like you'd pop a balloon or something and I'd shit my pants and die. Like it wouldn't be too hard. Um, just my, you know, standard I can't phobias. Wait. I can't wait for indie developers to listen to this game and create this. Yeah, exactly. This would be so good. So good. Make like an a, indie pod game. Uh, the and indie just, pod, the game, and it's a balloon popper, and it's just you sitting there, just like mind your own business. And every time you pop the balloon, you're just like, Whoo! it would basically be, dude. you know, Castle Crashers when you were like, why is everything pooping? It, that would just be you. <laughs> I'm so scared of so many things. Like the other day, I walked up to my front door, like after work, and I, I get off at like seven o'clock, so it was pretty dark. And I walked up to the door, and my wife's keys were in the door. And I like, yeah, it freaked me out so much. I like grabbed my pocket knife out of my pocket before I opened the door. And I was like, I'm not even joking. I was ready to throw down. Oh and God. I opened the door and my wife was just sitting there and I was like, God fucking damn it. You scared the shit out of me. She's like, what do you mean? And I was like, your fucking keys are in the door. And she's like, oh, and I was like, when did you get home? And she was like, like four hours <sighs> ago. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Oh, my God. So, I'm just littered with so many fucking fears that like any any You're amount like I don't know you could throw like dark deep water near me like there could be a puddle and I'd be like I don't know what's there or like mm -hmm. I don't like to stand next to things where I can't see what's underneath of them you yeah. know because I'm afraid something's gonna get me yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many weaknesses that I have and then a power I feel like I'd have is like, I don't know, one, I guess oversharing would be one thing. You could just flatter, like really throw everybody off in their game. But two, it would definitely it would definitely be some form of like Spartan rage where you just fly off the handle for no fucking reason and just start like fucking shit up because like yeah, I bottle way too much shit up. Like I'm just telling you, one more person says the word meal. Or like Isn't it or funny? if I have to heal what somebody had for dinner one more time, I'm just I'm gonna kill myself. Isn't I'm it, so sick of it. Isn't it ironic that you have a a oversharing problem, but also a bottling things up inside problem? <laughs> like I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. It is I also dude, I 
I both adore and detest the community we've created yeah. because I'm sitting there like yesterday I put in the general chat that if I hear one more person tell me what they have for dinner I'm going to lobotomize myself like three people immediately after that were just like oh actually this is what I had for dinner and I was like fuck you why would you do that <laughs> it's um it's it's nice because it's also in in some ways like I enjoy the fact that you are the butt of the jokes a lot and it's just <laughs> people kind of stay clear of me. They do it somewhat, but it's like a reasonable amount. But then it's just like, yeah. oh, is, is that Vaughn? Motherfucking it's punching like bag. The difference in jokes that we get played on us. It's like, oh, Josh likes card games. Josh is Josh is a thick boy. Josh is like fucking cute. Like you get all of that kind of stuff. And then I get like fucking Vaughn is shit house at games and all <laughs> people actually shitting on me and I love like Philip's just like you know what I give you five bucks like I give you actually like Philip gives us ten for absolutely no reason I still don't understand why he's just why. too nice and we've had a conversation about it but uh like he's like I give you buddy like I feel like I deserve to shit on you a bit and I'm like that's I mean, fair he's right that's hundred percent yeah. fair like that fucking you got me you know, so yeah, just feel free to shit on me. I don't care, <laughs> dude. I'm loving that old. I mean, I'm friends with Chase. Shirt. I'm used to being get. I'm I'm used to being shit on. What'd you say? I said I'm loving that old school Nickelodeon shirt. Yeah, dude, it's got Reptar on it. Fuck. I man. know. It's the reason I bought I this saw, shirt. Like, none I of saw Reptar and uh, I think his name is Gerald. Gerald's hair poking up yeah, there from Hey from Arnold. Hey Arnold, and I was like, yeah, what the you hell got is Rocco. This? I've never seen like real monsters or really? whatever these guys oh, are from. Yeah, so I've never good. watched it. Good mm. stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Apparently. Good stuff. So speaking of what we're having for dinner, uh, Philip Renshaw writes in and asks us two questions. First, what is the cutest baby animal, excluding humans, that exists? I I love that he says excluding humans because they've seemingly started to understand that we take some weird ass backdoor logic to everything, and they're just like, you know what? They're just gonna say technically humans are animals, so I'm gonna take that out of the equation. You have to choose a hand an animal. So, Big Josh boy, what is the cutest baby animal that exists for you? I mean, there's a lot of them, but I really like oh, yeah. red pandas. The little, oh, like okay. little tiny red okay. pandas. They look like they don't look like pandas. They're like kind of like raccoons, but they're just cute versions of raccoons. Dude, red pandas just look like raccoons. Yeah, but like, they're like they... they're so cute though. They're. Oh, Do man. you not think raccoons are cute? I think raccoons are adorable, especially look, when they're chonk ass raccoons. No, so that's what <laughs> like I was. I was gonna. Them. I was gonna say the opposite. I was like, raccoons are cute, but most of them are chonk boys. And I was like, I don't like <laughs> them when they're that way. No, dude. They're like fucking footballs. Like they're just gigantic. It's awesome, dude. No. Ah, no. Raccoons are super cute. They do freak me out though because it's like, I don't know how many of I like how many raccoons I could take on in a fight. You know what I mean? Like. That's I true. think I could boot like one, two, three, but the second that like we get in double digits, I'm thinking they're gonna like jump on my back from like on top of the house or something. Yeah. I like, mean, it's very much the I Dark Souls conversation. It's just they yeah. overwhelm you. Yeah, yeah. So, but red pandas is your choice will, for the cutest baby red, animal. I will go with red panda. See, it's so hard to answer this because like I want to choose something that both helps me with the next question but also is super cute like what is the cutest to ever exist i gotta say like turtles are pretty high up there like i love me some fucking baby tortoises and turtles like i love turtles in general i like potatoes but uh 
don't know why that got me. <laughs> I love these from turtles. I mean, axolotls are also really, really cute. Mm -hmm. Fucking dude, baby bats. How they always wrap them up like burritos. Mm. That shit is so fucking cute. But I have to say, one of the cutest things ever is like baby squid or octopi, where they're like really, really tiny, but they look like octopi. Fucking cutest shit. It's like the cutest fucking shit. Okay. Oh, they are so, very tiny. Look at them. Big Josh boy. Yeah, it was like on the like finger or whatever. Don't yeah. know if that's a Photoshop picture. If it's not, like. It'll make this next part even easier. Yeah. Big Josh Boy, if you were given $1,000 to kill, cook, and eat the cutest baby animal, could you do it, you monster? I We no. talked about this no. before we started recording. One, how little $1,000 is. We're like, that's like, what do you mean? This is such a small amount of money to kill a cute animal. And two, you have to kill it, you have yeah. to cook it, and you have to eat it. Yeah. So here's so big Josh boy. He, could you do it? Here's the thing. No, I would not be able to do it. But you take <laughs> out kill from the equation, and I'd I'd be able to do it. Like okay. that is that is the stipulation where like I. So I get it. You know, people who want to fight for for animal you know cruelty and don't, like don't eat meat. Don't like I understand it. More power to you. But like I don't. I I I love meat, so I'm gonna keep doing it. But if you ask yeah. me, like if you put. If in a world where I had to do it myself, you I had to butcher your own animals. Butcher my own animals. I think I would have a much different idea of this, and I think I would then be like, okay, well, maybe I find something else because I don't think I could do it. I per I wouldn't be able to look an animal in the eyes and be like, chop. Like, there's no fucking <laughs> way I could I could live with myself with that. So like the kill part. No fucking way. But the cook and eat, if it was already like, if it was like, well, this red panda's dead and like, it's just going to waste, you know, like someone's got to eat it. Uh, although <laughs> I also, well eat it. yeah, I also don't know the like, if that would be a good thing to eat though, because I don't study red pandas or like, Could if be you real gamey. Right. Yeah. Like if you should ever eat them. Um, but like, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> I mean, this one, like, I love the back and forth that happened in our Discord when this question was asked. That, like, Phil asked this, and Chase was just like, you'd have to give Vaughn $10,000 to even leave the house. And yeah. I was like, that's actually fairly true, dude. I barely leave. Like, I was, I'm being given the option to work from home, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm Let's never going to leave my apartment. Yeah. It's never... Like, I'm going to develop agoraphobia now. It's just going to happen. But here's the thing. If I had, like, a baby octopus and it was, like, the tiny one that was just on my finger and shit, $1,000. And, yeah, right now, I like, need the money to buy a house. Just fucking... Mm. <laughs> just, like, easily slurp it down. The thing is, like, if I had to cook it, I feel like that would just make it... Like, it wouldn't necessarily make it worse because it would just be, like, I fucking, like, just put it on a plate in the microwave. And like two birds, dude. I just put it in a plate, fucking microwave that bitch, and then just like it's just like that dies, and then I just fucking eh. just like I would I would swallow it like a pill. You know what I mean? I love like I love that your go-to for cook peasy. is like I'll just put it in the microwave. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm not a fucking chef. I don't oh know how God. the I don't know how the oven works. I don't know what the broil setting does on my oven. I'm being serious. I the only time I've ever heard the word broil is in Burger King commercials when they talk about frame flame broil burgers. I don't know how to broil anything. I don't I don't know what that function is even on my oven for. I'm trying to bake shit, not broil it. <laughs>
What the fuck does that even mean? So yeah, I'm gonna microwave this baby octopus and I'm gonna pop it like a pill. And I'm gonna drink a little bit of water and then I'm gonna go cash in my thousand bucks from the Wombat Emperor of Australia. I'm so terrified that I'm gonna get a baby squid in the mail, by the way, now. I'm so fucking terrified. Like, it's gonna be like a baby squid and an envelope with a thousand dollars and it's just like... Like... You gonna do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would be smart to put it on a card that he then loads afterwards. That yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Otherwise, you just thanks have a thousand dollars. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Big Josh boy for. Uh, I mean, maybe he would ask for video evidence. There's <laughs> yeah, the whole movement sends... of no video, no proof. You know what I mean? It's true. So, yeah. Like maybe he's I mean, like, we I want to watch you eat it. Have a video podcast. You'd have to do it on the air. Yeah, yeah. Like I would have like a microwave like on my desk, and I just pop it in. I p- do the thirty seconds, and then we just hear it go like pa. And, you know, and then yeah, I just fucking pop. scoop it up and eat it like a jelly. Disgusting. You know? So, I don't even like jelly, actually. That's disgusting. Anyway. Gross. That's the gross tea? part of that is that it would be jelly. But uh, the next question is from Mr. Chris Penwell. Just like a nice little easy one. Uh, Chris writes in and says, do you drink tea? What is your favorite kind? Big Josh boy. Do you drink tea and what's your favorite kind? I do. Green tea. Ah, okay. Just strictly green tea? You don't drink like... Earl Grey or any of that weird shit you could get at Tivana? I mean, I, I like them, but I usually just go back to like a, a green tea. Uh, Tazo? I don't know if it's Tazo or Tazo or Tazu or whatever the hell they're called. T-A-Z-O has one that's like uh, a green tea combination of a couple of different um, different herbs. of. I, it's called Zen, um, which doesn't mean anything, but I enjoy that one. <laughs> Uh, this doesn't mean anything <laughs> but, but i enjoy it um i'm not really crazy uh like big on onto tea though um i enjoy uh, a cup every now and then and generally i'm more of an iced tea person which i think will probably be like a ooh to chris but like i don't know i just i just generally like ice drinks better than hot in like no matter what it is so okay all right yeah i don't uh i don't really drink tea i w- i should drink more since my job requires me to talk all day and like i do the content i feel i've heard that like it actually helps with your throat if you drink like green tea with honey in it can we take a deal so can we take a quick pause did you just say because i do the content are you talking about this podcast was that was that a sentence for this podcast what i said yeah that's that might have been are we the content Well, I do this podcast. I got Go Beyond. I got the streams. I got the Eldar podcast. You know, it's like it's, it's, you're so it's busy. a decent bit. I how talk you, a lot. How do you get these, <laughs> all these podcasts, man? I'm trying to diversify and I just, nobody wants me. So just not make fair. shit. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't want to make shit. I just want a guest. <laughs> yeah, if you want another podcast, just make it, bro. Nah, <laughs> just fuck fucking that. start talking about something that everybody else is already talking about. <laughs> I just want a guest so we can. <laughs> diversify and blow the podcast up and be super famous or whatever it's called actually i don't know that i want that but whatever yeah we're like constantly talking about how we don't have time like phil called me out like last week because i was like i don't have any time but i'm also gonna start a website yeah (laughs) it's just how it goes and our last question comes from hackzard gaming i hope i said that correctly it probably didn't i'm almost 100 sure i didn't Hey, Hacks here. I'm new to the podcast, and Vaughn, dear God, use a thick boy. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Uh, and I have to say, the voice doesn't really match, but <laughs> then again, I'm in the same boat. Uh, imagine an African-American guy who's 6'3", and that's the most stereotypical nerd in the world, but oh well. I was wondering uh, what you guys... Yeah, I was wondering what was your most embarrassing moment with gaming mine was i was looking for an indie game and i couldn't find it so my friend had it and he told me he put it in a folder i didn't realize the name until i got to college i showed my friends and the name was asian ass parade 6 again it wasn't porn it was just a bunch of indie games i wanted but i had to open it and show people it was games and not porn <laughs> i love it <laughs> that is um that's a great story i don't have anything that's yeah, that good you just got got bro you I got know. got by your friends yeah for real uh i don't know that i have anything like that i have an embarrassing story of when i was a chonky boy and uh i i grew up uh both in like the elementary realm and the earlier years of middle school realm where i was pretty fat um and so i just have kind of a fat joke that comes with this um okay. so back in the pokemon years i i played it was red and blue i was big into it i had a friend who was into it i forget what happened we were playing it it doesn't even really relate but like something happened where i was like haha i got xyz and he didn't and i started jumping around and i was running and i was like ah, blah, 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 whatever i'm a stupid kid saying something fuck you and his retort back <laughs> was like, I kind of got winded from doing it because I was fat and chunky. And he was like, really? Are you already out of breath from that? And I was like, no. But then I was like, <sighs> kind of like, <laughs> had to, to like calm the breathing down. You're taking some deep breaths. You're like, no. <sighs> but You're like, this is just happens when I get excited. It's anxiety. Leave me alone. Yeah. So uh, that, I think that's probably the most embarrassing I, I like that I could think of anyway. Like I, nothing comes to mind, um, but that's probably one of the big, bigger moments where I was like, man, I need to lose weight. Yeah, I can't. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I don't know if there's actually an embarrassing game moment that I have, like, because that would assume that I'm embarrassed by it. Like, I, I don't know, like, when I bought uh, Princess and Conquests, and I was, like, watching the trailer for it, and my wife asked me what I was doing, and I said, I'm buying a hentai game, and she didn't believe me, and then I was like, come fucking look, and I showed her the video, zero embarrassment, I've recommended people look up Princess and Conquests, like, I don't give a yeah. fuck. I, I can't think of one thing that, like, I necessarily got super embarrassed about, like, I... I do get embarrassed about things often, but I can't say that any of them are attached to gaming necessarily. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like all of us got embarrassed when we were supposed, like we were in a keyboarding class and we fucking were playing balloon tower defense and your teacher was like, knock it off. And you're just like, what? And they're like, I can fucking see you dumbass. Like yeah. you all get kind of embarrassed by that, but I don't. I don't know if I've ever had a moment where I was actually embarrassed due to gaming in any way. I don't know. I'm shit at games. So like I've kind of come to terms. With that <laughs> it's fact. always an embarrassment. Yeah. It's like, I'm, if you're always embarrassed, you're never embarrassed. So it's, it's not really a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like I it. I can't say I really have. Yeah. A moment where I was embarrassed by gaming. Hmm. Something to know. think about. 
Yeah, I guess like there, there's one moment that I wasn't embarrassed by. I actually find it really hilarious. But it was just like a lot, like when I first started dating my girlfriend or my now wife. But when she was my girlfriend, we had been dating for like I like how I say first started dating. We've been together for ten years, but like just like four years in. And Chase, Forrest, and I, uh, we were all playing Elder Scrolls Online. And I've told this story before, but we were killing something that's called a bull natch, and it looks like a squid. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Forrest and Chase just kept saying, "You guys made me eat," and it like it really pissed Morgan off to the point where she like left, like she was done. She she was really annoyed because they kept saying it. She was like, "Shut the fuck up." But yeah, I can't think of a time that I've ever been like legitimately embarrassed due to gaming. I don't know. Well, I guess if you uh, you got a week to think, maybe next week we'll come back and give them something different. Yeah, I Mine's wish just... I had an Asian ass parade story. Like that, that is been great. that is a good story. Yeah, I've never yeah. I've never had an Asian ass parade. I mean, now I feel like I got to do that to somebody. It's like all it's the all the files I send of like DRM free games or whatever to my fucking nephew. Just like fucking title all of them like Asian ass porn kind mm-hmm. of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like just really lean into it. I don't know. I think that's mm. a good idea. I think I think it's a great idea. You know, why not fucking because I Morgan showed me this joke the other day. It was like uh, you become a parent because you like you wanted to ruin another life kind of a deal. It was, it was essentially like, cycle. because you could, didn't ruin your own life enough. Right. So you had to do it in somebody else's. And I'm like, man, I'm an uncle right now. Like I could easily do that. Yeah. Like I could ruin other people's lives. It'd be great. That's you know? what, yeah. That's awesome. what it's all about. I just scar my nephew for life. Like it'd be awesome. Eh. Whatever, dude. If, so if you haven't had an Asian is, ass parade, it's not a real life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, that is the end of this episode. Thanks everyone so much for listening. If you would like to chat with us outside the show, you could do so in a bunch of different ways. You can of course follow us at IndiePod on Twitter for notifications of when the episodes go live. We talk about like indie games news and so much more. So make sure to follow us at IndiePod. You can follow me, Vaughn, at HydeLegion. That's H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N over on Twitter for notifications of when I go live on Twitch. Uh, just the random bullshit that i say or anything else i don't know i retweet a lot of art because i really like it dope you can follow the big josh boy at the underscore george 90 over on twitch and or on not on twitch on on twitter and the underscore george on twitch that is i believe all we have to shout out other than of course gotta go back over our fun little bit of housekeeping we've got the Adham Jaber, uh, the Headworms developer interview, of course, going live one day after for patrons, two days before for bleeps. That's every Wednesday. We have a new developer interview, so check out that one. We've got the IndiePod store. Head over, get some cheap t-shirts and stickers before we eventually put on some new merch, probably I would say like midway to the end of next month, depending on how Dope. long a commission takes. Uh, head over to the IndiePod YouTube channel. Subscribe, like. Uh, click the bell. I don't know. Whatever. Watch these podcast episodes. Watch Josh's uh, Everhood and Omori reviews. They're fantastic. And please leave us reviews on any sort of listening platform that you could do. So specifically iTunes helps us out a bunch. Lastly, thank you so much to our amazing patrons at the $3 tier or higher. That's Wilsey, Mixmatosis, a.k.a. Mix, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, the Wombat Emperor of Australia, Chris Penwell, always drinking tea, big boy, uh, Josh Nichols from that there active quest, that's active Josh, and Sam Fillion from Canada. You're all amazing. 
Thank everyone so much for being patrons. Thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.